Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited to come to everybody today. It is such a fantabulous podcast episode that I have for you today. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. It's been a month, Lolita, since you have given us a powerful podcast. But guess what? This is number 65. So I feel like you've had plenty to really listen into and really help you to soar. For all of you all who are new around here, grab a chair, come on up. For all of you all who have been here before, guess what? I just want to say hello and welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, the podcast. Welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations with Lolita E. Walker, the podcast that coaches you up while meeting you exactly where you are. Grab your water, tea, or something stronger and allow this podcast to help you feel the power in your cause. Come on in and join the conversation. Let's go. Today, I have so many things to talk to you about, and I have a super special guest, Danny Smith Mathis. You guys, she's so powerful, but not only is she powerful because she is a four-time author, not only is she powerful because she is a domestic violence survivor, not only is she phenomenal because she has she has touched so many pieces of history and is still doing amazing things today, but she is here today because we have really cultivated this amazing relationship. And wait till I tell y'all how we met. It's, it's just hard to believe. It's just hard to believe. And yes, for those of you all who are looking in, uh uh-huh, yes, I'm running for school board. You all knew that. Yes, elect Lolita E. Walker, PGCPS, that's Prince George's County uh, Public Schools Board of Education. Yes, I'm running specifically for District 9. If you have a friend, then tell a friend. If you're voting, you already know that October 27th starts early voting right here in Maryland. Uh Uh-huh, and it goes all the way to November 4th. November 3rd, and then election day, you can still vote then too, is November 8th, okay? November 8th. We want to get out the vote because what we need inside of our office, specifically in Prince George's County and all around the world, is new thoughts, ideas, and really holding us accountable in a different kind of way. Okay. That's the PSA for right now about me running for school board. Yes, I'm going to keep that up because there's somebody that didn't know that I was running. And so when they come on today, I want them to make sure that they are seeing that. I want to say hi to the Facebook community. Hi to my LinkedIn community. Hello, YouTube. And for all the people who are looking on after that, welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. I am Lolita E. Walker. I am a certified life, leadership, and executive coach. I'm a power speaker. And today, I'm also a podcast host. Yes, Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. So if this is your first time here, I want to say welcome to you because we are going all in. And you're going to want to tap in. Go ahead and share it out and let folks know that I today have Danny Smith Mathis with me. And what are we talking about? Yes, we're talking talking about not only celebrating life beyond domestic violence. Yes, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we're coming to you because there is celebration on the other side of that. This is a story of perseverance. This is a story of forgiveness. This is a story of literally coming into your own and rediscovery. This is a story of reflection. And I can't wait till you all hear it because my mouth was open. And I told Danny that this should be a lifetime movie because it's unbelievable to see the power that she stands in now. So I know that there's somebody listening in and you know, when you come to coaching cocktails and conversations, yes, you're taking away some tangible things that you can walk into this world and do differently. So you are going to hear 
a letter that Danny has written. You're going to feel the power that she's bringing today. And then she's going to really help to, to, to curate this discussion on forgiveness. And that is what we're talking about. So without any further ado, let me go ahead and bring Danny up so you guys can meet her. Hey, Danny. Hey, Lolita E. Walker. <laughs> Our next board member in the PGC. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am so excited to have you here and to have your always support, Danny. You know, it means so much. Oh, yeah. I said, they're not going to believe how we met Danny. Tell them how we met. Tell them about it. <laughs> yes, we met on an audio app, you guys. Crazy, right? Yes, we met on an audio app. We saw each other after about talking uh, authentically, literally getting on, just really talking and, and saying what we felt for about 18 months. Then we got together. Thank you, Monica Floyd, who hopefully is going to watch this a little later on, but got together in LA. And I tell you, it was like, Danny, you and I had had, had been friends for Eon. What you think? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But love, what you forgot was we met Easter Sunday in Maryland when you came to the hotel. That was our very first yes. meeting. Remember? And you yes. met my son and his wife. And we sat there and had breakfast. And it was like we were looking at each other like, we're real. Like, you are real. I'm real. Right? It was so dope. It was so dope. Yes. How could I forget that? Because we had so many amazing conversations there. Yeah. We, yeah, 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 yeah. That. We, just picked up, we just picked up where we left off, you know? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Listen, Danny, you know, your story, I was listening to it every now and then. Do you guys have this person in your life every now and then they drop just a little something else that happened in their life and then they drop just another nugget that happened in their life. And the other day I was on the phone with Danny and she's just talking about her story and I'm literally like, whoa. You know, you never know where you meet somebody. So, Danny, let's get into it. You know, why don't you introduce yourself? I love to do this here is, you know, what's one strength? that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have. And let's introduce yourself with that strength. So my one strength without a shadow of a doubt that I have is um, the ability to bring out the best version of someone, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. best version of themselves mm -hmm. for the do. good of the world, for the good of the whole, not just for them, but for everyone, you know, we all have something that we, that, that the world needs. Mm -hmm. And I am a coach, I'm a track coach. And so I, I take that same, what I bring to the, what I bring to, to the track is, is, is what's already there. I want you to be the best athlete. I want you to be the best student. I want you to be the best mom. I want you to be the best daughter, son, father. I want all those things, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. Well, yes. You know, before we get into the books that you've written and the amazingness that you are and what you want to leave on the world, because we're going to get to all of those things. You know, you have this letter that you read to me this morning and it was so powerful. I think that's a phenomenal way to kick off this podcast episode and really it will catapult us into some amazing conversations with our friends mm -hmm. that's joining today. So mm -hmm. what do you think about that, Danny? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Yes, 
Let me set you up great. And I'm going to move myself down until you're done. If you are just tuning in, we have Danny Smith Mathis, who is here with us today. And yes, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so we are going to be talking about her story. But it's not only her story, but it's what 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 led to the amazing person that she is today in this plight through forgiveness and so many other things. So as you all tune in, then definitely use the chat function. Definitely add some comments because Danny's story really is applicable in so many different ways to so many different people. All right, Danny, you're up. All right. So ironically, in the providence of God, I lectured on storytelling yesterday as a guest lecturer in a journalism class at the University of Pittsburgh. And one of the students asked me about content, creating content. And that led me to tell my Clubhouse story when I was discovered on Clubhouse where uh, Lolita and I met. And I was discovered by one of my new writing mentors, Hollywood producer, director, Bobby Del Rio. And that led me to read the piece I'm about to read to you um, that connected me uh, to Bobby. And the piece is my two minute narrative on why I couldn't leave my marriage during my experience with domestic violence at the time. And I'm gonna share this part of the story with you because it's based on an incident that almost took my life, but more importantly, God had a different idea for me. He had an idea for survival, an idea for life that included not only mine, but the lives of three of my, of my, my three children the three children I birthed, the ones that I love and many other people that I love and others who helped me stay sane in a very insane situation. And God's idea was to show me how to free myself through forgiveness. So I share this part of my story because it's important to know a key truth that I learned after a 26 year marriage that was laced with domestic violence on and off. And that is why I stayed was intertwined with the reasons why I couldn't leave. And so my story, this part of my story uh, is called Girl, I Can't Leave Now. And it goes like this. This is, this is the true story. I always dreamed of marrying someone who loved and adored me for me. Halfway through college, I believed I'd found that man. And during our marriage, he was an excellent provider. But three months before that ceremony, little did I know that incident with that birthday dessert would become the basis of not only a rough winter night, but 25 more rough winter seasons. Marriage is not your fitting room. It's not the place where you try to why you where you try something on that would look nice, fit well, or add perfectly to your swag. It's not the dress rehearsal where you act out your part to see if you'd like to play it in the first place. It's not the place to ask for new lines, nor the place to produce and direct a movie all by yourself. It's not the place to cut out characters because you don't want them anymore. And it's not a game where two people play on opposing teams to see who will score first or simply call time out and then never return to the playing field because you figured it was easier to forfeit the game. They say the number of domestic violence victims outnumbers the casualties of the Vietnam War. I say the love of marriage, the idolatry of the institution of marriage is the root of this violent evil and my contribution to it. I do not know if I'll ever see them again. 
We haven't even had enough time together. They're only three, five, and six. No, I have to see them again. If they weren't my children, they'd be my best friends. I can't focus on that right now. There's only one rag and I need two. One to keep this blood from spilling out of my forehead and the other to wipe up this kitchen floor. I don't want them to see this if they get up while I'm in the emergency room. Good thing we always leave that key in the door. It was too cold in that 12 inches of snow and that nightgown just didn't warm me like the blood I lost during my three deliveries. That was a different kind of blood, happy, soothing blood. He's making sure he sucks the energy out of me, the energy it takes to stay sane in this insane situation. And I've been bleeding out for years. The paramedics can't even come down this dead end street because of all the snow, the dead end where life still exists, at least for now. The attending physician asked me when I finally got to the emergency room, what happened? I have to speak in passive voice. You know, we always do do it that way to protect them. So I told him I was pushed and purposely omitted the part when he lifted me up by my shoulders and threw me into the perfectly tiled wall. You know, those old homes up north are famous for those beautiful ceramic tiled walls. Six, six, six stitches later, I hardly feel patched up. In fact, I feel more broken than ever. I don't know whether or not to go home. No, I have to go home. I live for that. They're my purpose. I have to see them and continue to pour into them now that this blood no longer pours out of me. I have to continue to watch them grow up. I had to beat her to see my daughter enlist in the United States Army after she graduates college, the only daughter I have who will give me my first grandson off the shores of Okinawa. I have to see my first son get his PhD in physics despite the fact that he will be hooded virtually because of that daggone pandemic that's going to hit in 2020. That same child the doctors told me might have Down syndrome before he was even born. The same child who will marry one of the best women I will ever know and who will become the mother of my second grandson. And I have to watch my other son become a nurse, the son who will work so hard and long to care for so many people during that same pandemic and every other day of his life. Besides, I really need to be there when this man spits in my face so I can finally decide to leave him and finally free myself inside and out. No, I'll leave later. Girl, I can't leave now. Danny, 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 let me um, shift the book so we can see each other. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I know it's the first time that you've read that out into a public space. And so the first thing I want to say is, Danny, how do you feel after, you know, saying that aloud? Oh, I've said it. You know, this is the piece that I read on Clubhouse and how Bobby Del Rio discovered me uh, just one night and it came to me. And I know this is a God ordained piece. And so I feel great. I feel great because it, it just is such it was such closure for me to understand. Why did you stay so long, Danny? Why didn't you leave sooner? What was it? And this is what it was for me. It's almost like back to the future it was like looking into the future it was like, wow, I ha it was everything is about timing. Everything is about timing. Well, let's talk that, Danny. Let's talk that timing. Let's talk uh, why women, men stay so long. You know, today uh, 
we talked about some alarming statistics that uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking for right now. And they just really, really shook me a little bit. It says here, one in four women and one in 10 men, okay, experienced this sexual and physical violence by an intimate partner during their lifetime. You know, it says, did you know that in the United States, more than 10 million adults, okay, 10 million adults experience domestic violence. And, you know, this comes from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And as we talk about that and bring awareness to this, I really do have that question because that's what everybody asks first is, why'd you stay so long? What happened? You know? Yeah. 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 And that, that, that is my story. You don't know you, when, when you are committed to something, most of the things that make sense to an average person don't make sense because commitment is deep. Commitment is deep. Now for me, I had grandparents that were married 72 years, my until my grandfather died, my maternal grandparents, my my parents were married 43 years until my mom passed away of breast cancer. My dad literally broke, died of a broken heart a year later. I was committed to the institution of marriage, to the idea of marriage. And so I did not want to be the first person to start a pattern of divorce if that were going to be a pattern. And so I tried to figure it out. I tried to you know, figure it out. But here's the thing. When you don't call something what it is, you're going to call it what it isn't. And and you will make excuses for people. And sometimes when and you, that, it goes back to that question, Lolita, that you asked me at the beginning of the podcast is, you know, one of my strengths. Well, be careful because your strengths also can become your vices. And one of my strengths I mentioned to you was helping a person become the best version of themselves. I really believe that that is my purpose. Mm -hmm. But there is a point in time where we can want things Mm -hmm. more for others than they want it for themselves. And that can become something that if you're not careful, it will lead you down a wrong path. It will lead you down a path where you're not meant to go. And when you find yourself on that path that you're not meant to go, it is a very difficult, um, Uh, uh, a decision to try to figure out, hmm, how did I get here in the first place and where am I going after it? But how am I going, what what path do I take to get away from this and move on into a good path? And that's what being in a domestic violence situation was for me. I thought I was on a a right path for the right reasons. And then I stayed on the path and I should have diverged sooner. And the same God that took care of my children went after I decided to leave was the same God that would have taken care of my children had I chosen to leave sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a decision that you have to make for yourself. No one can make that for you. And we all have aha moments. And when I had my last uh, incident, that was my aha moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was it. You know, Danny, as, as you were talking, I had so many different ahas and some, uh, you know, earlier I said, 
everybody's story, this story that you're telling right now, they're pieces, they're little pieces that uh, can really relate to so many people. And to me, I want to share a couple of things that I heard you say, and then we can talk through those. You know, the first is this notion, I talk about it all the time about we marry the potential of. You know, marry, and I don't just mean in a relationship where I'm marrying my husband, I'm marrying my wife. I mean, literally, we attach ourselves, we we bind ourselves to the potential of someone, and that's in any type of relationship. And what I know that I've experienced over time is that you see these characteristics in somebody, and you know that they could live so much more. It's exactly what you were saying. The potential of where they can go is so great, but here's the reality of it, right? We become caregivers. We become the caregivers of it all. And so I can totally understand when you say I stayed because I this strength of mine to be able to show somebody the greatness that is already within them is so super deep. So here's a question that I have for you. And then so many other things that you said. But, you know, the question around this is as you now look, not look back, but look Mm -hmm. forward. And mm-hmm. as you interact with people and you still have this strength, my question is, when do you decide, Danny, that it's time to move your train in a different direction? Um, I think I think you it's a tough. That's a good question, though. Um, am I really moving it in a different direction or am I? am I moving it off of different types of people? And for me, I think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. you have to realize that everyone is not your project. Mm -hmm. And, and, and sometimes no one is your project. Mm -hmm, And it's really at the end of the day, you are I believe unapologetically I am made in the image and likeness of God. And so there are going to be things that I'm going to be able to do and withstand and persevere that an average person who does not have that relationship, who does not have that understanding of the mightiness and the, 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 just the power of God, what I do might seem really crazy to a person. How I pour into people might seem really, really crazy. But I will also say that there does come a time when you have to let go and -hmm. you have to realize that everyone is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. God gave me children and grandchildren. He gave me you, Lo. I got to make sure you get that PhD. But Lo, you're not my responsibility. You better get that thing on your own. Okay, I'm just saying. (laughs) I love you. But, you know, you ain't in my calendar like that. I know that's right. Because <laughs> those are your classes, right? <laughs> Except for when I call you and say, Danny, girl, help a sister out. <laughs> Hello. Even in saying that, let me say, I do feel a responsibility to you because I love you. Mm-hmm. And so there's my unconditional love, right? I have this unconditional love. But again, you know, I think what I've learned is now when I establish relationships, I don't. I take my head with my heart Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because let me tell you why that's important because the lessons that you learn between your head and your heart, you can miss it or you can get it. And it's only 13 inches. And the worst thing you want to do is miss a lesson by 13 inches. Come on. 
Come on. Because the ramifications on the other side of that are way beyond those 13, right? Yes. Uh, Oh, so good. Another thing I I happen to know is that the same gentleman, your your ex, is you guys have a good relationship now and you guys hang out. And so I want to talk about how that happened and what was it that led to this renewed relationship? So when you have children with someone, first of all, you are inextricably tied to them for the rest of your life. Right. Whether you're talking or not. <laughs> but I forgave and I don't use and, and and ironically, unbeknownst to each of us, we don't call each other X. We call each other. Our, we refer to each other as our former spouse. And so um, I have from day one, when I decided to separate from my former spouse, from my husband at the time, I told my children you know, truth matters. And when you have truth, everything works out from that point on. And you tell yourself the truth. And once you start telling yourself the truth of what you contributed, and and I'm not saying that I, you know, I did anything physically, but I contributed the idolatry of the institution of marriage. That was a contribution. It was a fertile ground for what was going on because I couldn't leave. But I, um, we, we just have children together. And as our children, we began to heal. I think we all began to heal um, in a way that was just not only individually, but we healed um, back together collectively to some degree. And then when we started having grandchildren, um, I made sure that um, my former spouse had a relationship with my grandson because he lived, the grand, my grandson lived with me. And so he knew me and I wanted him to know his grandfather. Um, I, God, when you have a relationship with the supreme being for me, God, through the through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, unapologetically, I say that uh, I experienced the forgiveness that was given to me on the cross. And and to 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 really just say, I remember I was sitting down at the divorce table, and um, and uh, there was a temporary protective order that, that there was a permanent protective order at, out at the time, and so we couldn't be in the same room during the divorce, and we were doing it, you know, with our lawyers, and he had he had no job, and I had just gotten his great with this aerospace technology company. And I had some money in my pocket. And I remember giving, telling my attorney to take that into the room and give him half of it. And he didn't accept it. But that wasn't the reason I gave it to him because he was going to accept it. I gave it to him because I'm supposed to do good to your enemies. It's, God says, love your enemies. There's a reason he says that. That is not just for us. That's for the enemies too. How would anybody know be able to, to, to understand forgiveness if they aren't forgiven. Yes, yes, yes. You know, this power of forgiveness is so important. And I love that you linked it to your beliefs in a higher being, because sometimes it is that surrender of it all that puts you in a place of thank you, Lord, that puts you in a space of gratitude. And I think that 
you know, I call it self-discovery. I call it getting closer to God. But I remember having that moment that you just talked about. I remember. And I think, you know, if you are blessed enough, uh, you will be able to feel it in this lifetime, because I think it happens all of the time, but it is if we are ready to receive and if we're in this surrender mode. And and I remember when I felt that I was at my lowest, I remember after my divorce, I remember when it, when my dad passed away, I remember being on a um, ground and let's talk marriage and not wanting to get divorced. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Am I failing? Like all of these things that are going on around you. And I remember being on a ground crying. And I remember that God moment. And I remember coming that, right. And when I came out of that, I wrote my be free creed. And in that instance, the same with forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a choice to say, yes, I will. And then the work is after. So tell me about, you know, if you were to say three lessons or not, not lessons, if you, if when we talk forgiveness, because there's some people that's looking on now, there's some people that's going to be listening in other countries and you're going to meet somebody where they are. What's three things Mm. you can say to them today about how they can begin to forgive? Um. Wow. And I knew you were going to ask me a very uh, um, challenging question. And that's a very challenging question because you have to understand that it's a process. So Mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you think of forgiveness, there's the element of patience in forgiveness because everybody thinks, oh, you know, you're just going to forgive and go. Forgiveness is a process. It is a long process. And so you have to be patient And patience is you understanding that what you are become while you're waiting for something is way more important than what you're waiting for. Hmm. And let me say that again. What you become while you're waiting for something is way more important than what you're waiting for, because what you become defines your character. It embellishes your character. And so the thing that now as you're waiting for like that, that aha moment, that feeling like, you know, I'm done. Not because I'm just like, oh, I'm done. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is I have been redone. I have like, I've been molded over, you know, Mm -hmm. I can sit in a room last weekend. uh, I was at the University of Pittsburgh um, with, with my former spouse. We sat together, we danced. You know, I gave him a a, a gift for his uh, fraternity 50th uh, anniversary celebration. Why? What what, what makes you able to do those things? That's pulling down from the depths of unconditional love. So number one, I would say give time, time. Give time, time. And allow time to remake you. Allow time to show you who you are, because so often we blame ourselves. Oh, we stayed too long. We didn't leave soon enough. We should have done this. We should have done that. Mm-mm. You have to begin to first forgive yourself and, 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 and understand that there were reasons why things happen. Help, mm-hmm. you know, you have to get on your knees, get on your knees and ask for God to give you that vision of why did this happen? What was I contributing to it? 
whether for me, like I said, and I will always say my contribution was the idolizing the institution of marriage. That's what kept me cemented in that situation. And so for me, it's, it's, you have to, well, I tell you what, find something also that you can do to help you work through it. For me, it's writing. Writing for me is the process of staying sane in insane situations. I have 30 journals that I have that I just wrote about all of this. And you all just got a little taste of something tonight. So be patient, give time, time, and don't blame yourself. Mm, So powerful. So super powerful. Thank you, Daddy. You know, another thing that as I, you know, continue to listen to you and your story, I also hear uh, perseverance, but I I, want to tap on this power of affirmation and see what your thoughts are on that. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the work that I do is really starting with the foundation of who it is that you are so that you can remember that. And so I'm interested to know, you know, it's tough to go back and look and say what well, coulda, woulda, shoulda I have done in that situation. So I'm not looking for that. But for somebody that is in a situation that is staying because of a child mm-hmm. or staying because of a thing or because I have to, like we could add all of the becauses right there, right? Which is really centered around not necessarily them. I'm wondering what your thoughts are uh, for remembering the forgotten them? How do they begin to remember the forgotten them and who it is that they are so that now their eyes shift differently? What do you think about that? And I know, let me tell you this too. I know everybody's journey is different. Yes, Lo. And let's let's be clear that this situation is very deep, mm-hmm. very deep. Because I know me personally, I didn't get married to get divorced. That mm-hmm. just wasn't even in my book. I had never, we'd never seen that in our family. Yep. And so I was new to everything. It all of I'd never seen violence. I'd never seen men and women physically fight. I'd never, I'd never seen any of the things I experienced. And so I was in a classroom that I had no framework for. I, I, you know, I didn't sign up for the subject even, right? I didn't really even sign up to take the class. And, and so it is a very deep situation, so deep that you cannot tell anyone what to do. Mm-hmm. You can tell people how to do certain things. You know, you call the domestic violence hotline, you can do that, right? But your decision to come out of that, that is so personal. And the problem is we lose so many women, especially, before they can even make the decision. Yeah. Right? So how do we stop losing our sisters to this? How do we help our sisters to make decisions faster? I wish I had the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I really do. I know that um, there is a God Mm -hmm. and there is a God that loves us and will never forsake us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I kept my faith during that time, except that God was just so much even bigger than my own faith. Right. And so 
I don't know how people get through this without a relationship with God. That's the first thing. Try to find someone who can minister to you. Someone who wants to be a like a Danny and help you become the best version of yourself. And it's not about um, pushing things under the rug and acting like the situation doesn't happen, but finding some way to get to someone who can walk alongside of you. And if you don't have God yet, find that person, ask God to send you that person and ask really God to send you the Lord Jesus Christ, because that for me is what helped me. And so my frame of reference unapologetically is even though it, there were so many terrible things that happened, um, I know God kept me and he brought me to this very point where I can speak to so many of you and say, be patient, give time, time, and don't blame yourself. Find someone who you really can relate to and just talk to. There are many, many resources out there and there are people who want to help you. Yes. You know, this be patient, give time, time, and don't blame yourself. I love this comment that this is such powerful wisdom from Kaisha. And as we think about that, I'd love for people to, you know, take this as a little bit of soul work and think to yourself, are you, and no matter your relationship, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter if you're not experiencing domestic violence, you might know someone who is, but what, even wherever you stand in this moment, are you being patient with yourself? Are you giving yourself time, right? Mm-hmm. Are you blaming yourself for the things that don't need you to blame them for what we want to do is shift. And so I, I say that because here on Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, really, it's about leaving folks with some tangible so that they could just shake up their thinking just a little bit, Danny, you know? Yeah, I know that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love it. You know, one of the things, and we don't have any questions here, but one of the things that I was also thinking about is this 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 thing that we have in our heads sometimes you know our minds are such a powerful thing you know mm-hmm. and sometimes we think these thoughts and it puts us so far into the mud and we just feel stuck in what could feel like quicksand mm-hmm. to talk about that all the time and so if there's someone who feels like they're in quicksand i want you to take a look at danny right <laughs> now right take a look at what celebrating life beyond yes. domestic yes. Violence looks like. And let's talk about this book, Danny. Tell us a little bit about this book. And um, my, 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 yeah. So when I wrote, it's so funny because when I wrote this book, um, I wrote it, I met someone on Facebook literally, and that afternoon she was gonna publish, she she was she was getting ready to go to um go to the editor and get ready for print. And um and her name is Tahira Ogletree. She has the Tahira Ogletree Foundation. And this is her mission in life as a domestic violence survivor. Her sister did not survive. And so she was given the, the, the purpose. Her purpose for this is to just celebrate life beyond domestic violence. 
Um, and 13 of us came together. I was the 13th one though, because that day on Facebook, I found her and she says, no, I'll stop. I, I won't print the book. I won't go to the editor. I want to hear your story. So that was the first time I wrote my story for publication. Wow. And I was not completely healed when I wrote that story. And I've even gone back to her subsequent to, and said, um, when you revise it, I have a little editing for my story, right? Um, but I was, I was, I was well on my way to healing. I will say that. And um, but again, writing is cathartic for me, so I do it, you know, to stay sane in an insane situation. And and so um, she published the book called Celebrating Life Beyond Domestic Violence, and mm -hmm. you can see it behind me with a beautiful orange turban on. Yes, and. Um, yeah, it was just that was the part that I had to do. What I read tonight was the part that I that, that was the part that understood Danny. Hmm. So what I wrote in celebrating life beyond domestic violence was what what happened. And actually, you mentioned a letter. So the celebrating life beyond domestic violence story actually came from a letter that I wrote my former spouse right before when I was feeling like this is not going to continue. Mm -hmm. And but it was broken down into three major parts. And that was each of our children. <laughs> and it was what I was experiencing with them while I was going through it. And it was very, very phenomenal. I'm not going to I'm not going to preempt your read, but um, it was a pretty phenomenal uh, situation. My children were young when this started mm -hmm. and they were um, just so supportive of me going through it. Um, lots of things, lots of good things came out of it. And they are solid children, young men that um, love their wives. And and my daughter is um, married to a gentleman that just adores her uh, or to be married to her, that, that, that just adore, that really does cherish her. And so these are the things that, um, you know, I, I, I think about and I talk about and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm happy that I'm free. And I'm happy that I'm healed and I'm happy that I have experienced forgiveness. Oh, so good. Let's talk about the children. You know, I yeah. know, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the children and let me frame it with, you know, I'm running for the school board. Don't forget to vote everybody who is listening in uh, Lolita E. Walker for District 9, Prince George's County Board of Education. November 8th is the election. Okay, so. Let's talk about the children and so many of our youth are witnessing domestic violence. They're there. They happen to be there. Even when you think you're keeping it from them, kids are so smart. And so I'd love for you to just talk to a, a, a parent who might be listening in or a neighbor who might know somebody who is experiencing it and hasn't said anything. What, what should someone do uh, mm. if they see that? Because our children are impacted mm. so much? Well, I, Danny does not have the answer to that, Lolita. And here's why. I kept this, most of us do this, and you said, you just alluded to it. We don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. Um, you don't talk about it to anyone because I know I didn't, talk to my children about it because I didn't understand it. I couldn't talk about, I don't talk about stuff I don't understand usually. Um, 
I just don't. I couldn't talk about it, Lo. I, I, I don't know. I, there was nothing. Now, once I got through it, I could talk about it. But I will say this. Truth matters. And if you don't have truth at the basis of any relationship, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. So whatever it is, that's why I say call a thing a thing. Because if you don't call it what it is, you're going to call it what it isn't. Don't lie to yourself. Maybe that's where we, maybe that's where the next generation does this differently, does it differently than I did. Don't, don't not call it what it is. Don't try to make it out to be something better than what you think it really, really is. Oh, it's just a bad day. No, it's not. It's what just happened. <laughs> it's what just happened. Um, and, you know, for, as far as children are concerned, yeah, it affects them. Um, it, it, but when you don't speak truth, mm-hmm. um, they can't they, they can't understand, like, what is going on. And so you do them a disservice because they can't even figure it out for themselves. Children know you tell them don't hit each other. Right. They know that's not like what we do. Right. We don't do that in this house. But yet you all are doing it or you're doing it to my mom or your mom is doing it to the dad. What is that about? There's so much of this inconsistency. And so they grow up with this inconsistency. I took my children out of the home often so that there was not an exposure to the tension. And I started learning how to walk on eggshells so I didn't crack the eggshells. And I learned that for I was learning it for myself, but I wanted to learn that for my children because I really needed to rear my children while this was going on. And I did. I stayed home with my children for 15 years. I homeschooled them and I got them to where they they are right now. Literally. I mean, I had to. And so I focused on them. And so if you're focusing on your children and you're focusing on what matters to them and who God ordained them to be for me. That saved me from a lot of stuff. It saved me from myself. Yeah, that was so good. You know, saving yourself from yourself and focusing on something else. I It's so easy to listen in and say, I would never be in that situation because some thoughts go through my mind like that too. But what I do know is that sometimes when you're in the thing, you can't see the thing happening, you know, when you're experiencing it. And to your point, have this, this, this single focus of my children. It's just so interesting to hear. And so I say that out loud because for our listeners that are listening in right now, I know this is taking you for a doozy because you've never been in this situation and may not have ever seen it. But what we know from the statistics is that there is somebody that's sitting in this situation right now. So today is really all about celebrating life beyond domestic violence. It is talking about survival. It is talking about lessons learned. It's talking about strength and perseverance and forgiveness Mm -hmm. over it all. And so if we leave ourselves, and so I'll have Danny think of three things you want to leave the audience with as we give our cheers, right? We'll go to that in a second. But uh, I really just want to talk as we come to a close on this notion of this forgotten you. I said I said it a little while ago, and as I was thinking about this, especially now, you know, with mental uh, health and wellness being, you know, top of mind and always talking about it on TV. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was really thinking about is this forgotten us. And so, for anybody that's listening in today, 
I'd love for you to take the opportunity to think about what pieces of you are forgotten. What pieces of you bring you joy? When was the last time that you did something that excited you? Mm. Think about those things, those three things right there as I as I leave it to Danny to give us a cheers because self-reflection is the growth that sometimes is necessary to get over the hump according to Lolita E. Walker. What do you think about that, Danny? Oh, absolutely self-reflection. But here's the thing. When you're in domestic violence, you don't usually take time to do that. That is clear yeah. because you're you're in survival mode, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's turning on a dime, trying to decide, you know, am I trying to try to get away today or should I wait for tomorrow? Or how am I going to get away with my three kids? You know, I had three car seats at one time. I, it was difficult. <laughs> and yeah. so, so the thing about it is low resources you have the you you put up the uh, resource line go to the resources really use the resources uh, danny was in a in a women's shelter i was in a women's shelter not long but i was there uh, that was the a resource for me um the the other resource that i had was a, was i had a pet and 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 you would be surprised you would be so taken aback by the the, the connection between pet violence and domestic violence because normally your 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 abuser wants to get rid of the thing that that you love the most, right? And that that gives you brings you comfort, that brings you solace. And pets are often caught up in the middle of this. Um, there is a um, there is a, in Georgia. If anyone's in Georgia and you're dealing with that, and you have a pet, and you just you don't want to separate from your pet because of all of this, because I had to do that. There's a place called the Himsa House. A Himsa House. I found a scholarship for my cat. My cat was displaced from until I could find a place to live permanently. But they, I, I found a little scholarship for my cat. And so they gave him his shots. They gave him a place to live. I couldn't know where he was for safety purposes. And then we were reunited. I mean, really <laughs> seriously, my, my kids always say, mom, you find a scholarship for a cat. You find a scholarship for anybody. Ah, this is a true story. This is a true story. And so there are resources. So the key to this is resources. Oftentimes there's physical abuse. Um, oftentimes there's emotional abuse. There's mental abuse, but there's also financial abuse, right? You don't have access to money, right? Keep yourself relevant, ladies, gents. Keep yourself relevant. Do your resumes. Go get your resumes done for free somewhere. Um, let a friend help you find some part-time work. Keep you, you know, so that you can, and you may just have to get your own bank account. Not because, you know, you're trying to st- establish a rift in the relationship, but you don't ever know when you're going to need that money. These are just real life survival skills for domestic, for people in domestic violence situations. And these are things that you just need to need to not be ashamed to, um, to, 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 to use, to, to go after, to, to find out. And so call the domestic violence hotline, find out all the resources that are in your state, you know, um, keep your passport with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. You know, these these steps that we're taking today, these steps that you're leaving today, this has been nothing short of greatness. We had some comments that said, thank you so much, Danny, for sharing your story. Uh, Vernita and Jata and Linda, thank you so much for adding in. And for anybody else that I've missed, thank you so much for that. 
you know, uh, someone said, Danny, you are truly amazing. You know, to hear somebody's story and to know somebody's story is to have you look at them for the strength that you didn't even know uh, all the way existed. You know, uh, thanks. You know, the, the gems that Danny has dropped today has been so super amazing. So, Danny, I have what I call a come as you are round. OK, I'm just going to throw some questions at you. They're really short. They're really lightning light. Got it. So, you right. You got go, it. Yeah. Go, go. All right. Let's do it. The first is, uh, what is one strength that you have, but you didn't always recognize that you had? Um, hmm. um, my ability to read people. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Love that. Love that. Oh, so good. You know, here's another one. What is one barrier that still stands before you today? This gut I have. <laughs> no, no, let me see. no, let me be serious. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hitting on that too. We just working. That's the barrier that stands. I mean, um, I, I think not wanting to disappoint people. I'm the eldest. You know, firstborns don't like to disappoint because all we know is authority. If if if, if we're rooted and grounded in being respectful to authority, right? Um, but I think it's um, uh, I, I think it's 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 just my my just my thing about disappointing people. Like, how do you know you've disappointed someone? You don't know that. How you can you determine up. that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a little bit of a a, a bad spot of my blind spot of mine. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what is one thing that people don't know about you? I mean, I feel like you said it with the cat story. I feel like the the scholarship with the cat is absolutely your fun fact that you have to do at team engagements. <laughs> okay, I am a speed skater on ice. Are you eh? an active one? No, girl, I have two new knees, so I can't do it anymore. Uh, I, I would love if I did not have these two new knees, I would be still an active speed skater. But I am afraid to uh, mess up my implants. <laughs> my two new knees. <laughs> I don't want to fall and like because like, then I'm done. I'm really done. It would have been like I should have never got these knees. These knees cost a lot of money. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah, but yes, I, I I used to be a figure skater. I started out figure skating and then I changed to speed skating when I was 13. And that was over a, a half a century ago. <laughs> and um, and then I speed skated until I had my um, d- my bilateral knee replacement five years ago. OK, tell me, think about one person, only one person mm-hmm. that you would like to say thank you to and why. Ooh, wow, Lo, what a wonderful question. Um, I would like to say thank you to my, the the, the ancestors I don't know. I really, really, really want to know my people. And I want to say thank you to my literally my line of people that I can't trace back to. I really want to say, I would love to just look at them and say, thank you. (laughs) Danny, this has been an amazing interview. Tell folks how they can get in touch with you. Well, 
Every I am Danny Smith Mathis, www.dannysmithmathis.com. I'm Danny Smith Mathis on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Clubhouse, on Fireside Chat. Uh, yeah, I am Danny Smith Mathis, period. Boom and, and bam. Boom and bam. <laughs> Hashtag boom and bam. Okay. Okay. Yes. Danny, how do people know that it's time for Danny? What's going on in their life when they know it's time for me to hire Danny? Um, when you can't figure out how to write that thing, (laughs) (laughs) you better come to Danny, Danny, Dan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty dope editor. Uh, You can speak to that, Lolita. I won't. I can't. I edited my book and she's phenomenal. She's on my shelf back here, by the way. Yes, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. I don't know if y'all can see it, but I can see it. it. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it's time. You know, it's time to call Danny. If you, you know, you might be a decent writer, or or you may not. But if you can't get it done like you want to get it done, it's time to call me. I love it. Yes, and you're doing some speaking in some spaces for uh, DEI as well, right? Yes, ma'am. I'm on Clubhouse Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes. And I will be on there this Thursday talking with three anti-racism divas, the Hurley sisters and another sister that I uh, have have come to really, really um, know, Tammy Triola. Oh, man, it's going to be fire, fire, fire. We're going to talk about Ditching DEI on Thursday, 6 p.m. on Clubhouse for conversations with Danny. I have my own club on Clubhouse. So check me out. That is the place where we have dope conversations about dope people doing dope things. Okay. Okay. Yes. Here is the time for our cocktails. Cocktails around here is not so much what you are sipping on, but it's all about celebrating the greatness of who it is that you are. So I will get started and then we'll come to you, Danny. Listen, I want to give a cheers to every single person that came and listened here live and who Yes. I want to give a cheers to, of course, the folks that are listening in on the replay, but my cheers to you is to really sitting in your right now. If you are sitting in a domestic violence uh, situation, you know, we might not understand it, but if you take anything out, just know exactly our title for today, celebrating life beyond. There is life beyond and we are continuing to pray for you and we will leverage this uh, hotline and we hope that when you are ready, you will too, because there's so much amazingness that is standing in this world just for you. I want to give you a special cheers. Danny, do you have a cheers? I have a cheer for every person who knows that you can heal through forgiveness because when you do that, you don't bleed on people who didn't cut you. Hmm. Yeah. Forgive. Hmm. You'll never forget. But through forgiveness, you will heal. And the forgetting doesn't even become an issue anymore. There's nothing to forget because you've forgiven everything. So that's the blanket that overlays everything. And it's what comforts you. It's what gives you the ability to say, it's it's okay. It is okay. Well, thank you so much, Danny. I'd love for you to stay on. And I want to say thank you to every single person. Listen, if you... you 
<laughs> Thank you. Listen, if you are new around these parts, make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you go ahead and go to podcast.lolitawalker.com because this is not only the, the only episode. No, we 65 in. I want you to go back and listen <laughs> to amazingness that is happening on coaching cocktails and conversations. And while you're there, go ahead and leave a review because people want to know what it's all about. What are you getting from it? And we want to know those things too. Thanks so much. Now, this little bit right here is for all of our women listeners and for all of the men who are ready to send their special women in their lives on an all-inclusive four-day Women's Weekend Renewal Retreat. Imagine yourself in a space free of distractions and ready to get poured into. Imagine an intentionally intimate space of power women leaning on you to shift from where you are today to where you absolutely want and need to be. Imagine me as a certified life leadership and executive coach grabbing you exactly where you are, pulling the greatness out of you and replaying that such that you increase your confidence, your clarity, and your commitment. Imagine a new group of women who are just like you and ready to push you beyond your next level. Yes, it is your time. So go ahead and head over to lolitawalker.com slash retreats. Learn a little bit more and register for this upcoming Women's Weekend Renewal Retreat. What an amazing gift that this is to you from you. You deserve it. We have concluded yet another episode of Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, the podcast with Lolita E. Walker. Connect with me at lolitawalker.com for speaking, coaching, and my books, The Intersection of You and Change, and Can We Talk? Letters and Poems to Reclaim a Bolder You. Listen, have you already grabbed your CC&C garb? <laughs> yes, we are coming with tumblers, stemless glasses, a journal, a hoodie, and don't forget the t-shirt. We are leaning all the way in. We also know that coaching cocktails and conversations is a movement. Not only is it paraphernalia, not only is it this powerful podcast that you have right here in this right now, but it is a Zoom cast. It is a coaching community. It is a Facebook group. It is a clubhouse group. Go ahead and lean into lolitawalker.com to see all things coaching, cocktails, and conversations. And next time, bring a friend. Invite them to like, to share, and to give that five-star review. Cheers. I cannot wait to see you back around my kitchen table for coaching, cocktails, and conversations, the podcast with Lolita E. Walker.